It's Friday night and the mood is right. Gonna have some fun. Show you how it's done. DGIF. All right, welcome to week 136 of the Two Guys in the Fridays podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis. Hey, Steve. We did a fun interview the other day that I don't think we should say who it is yet. But keep, keep we'll it a be surprise airing. for now. Keep it a surprise. It'll be airing in the next few-ish weeks when we get to the summer. But yeah, we did a fun interview, huh? Yeah. Um, I'd like to say more, but obviously it makes sense to not say more. But I'm just excited about it. I'm excited for everyone yeah. to hear it for sure. I am too. I think it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, if it's your first time here, welcome to the Two Guys in the Fridays podcast. Uh, the two of us watch TGIF 30 years after it aired on TV. So whatever episodes happen to air this week, 30 years ago, those are the ones that we watched. And we've got a full lineup of new episodes for you this week. We do. We haven't had a full week in a while, so it's, it's exciting. Yeah, I almost forgot some of these shows existed. It's been so long. But um <laughs> Before we that, get into, but... yeah, probably not. Before we get into all that, uh, a few things. Thanks to Keenan for the theme song this week. All that and Keenan in the same sentence. I know, I know. Thanks, Keenan. I appreciate it. Uh, make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIFCast. And uh, definitely make sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel because when this interview goes up, it's also going up as a video version on YouTube. So go subscribe right now. You'll get the alert when the new video pops up and you'll be ready to watch it. Just search Two Guys in the Fridays and it'll be right there. That's going to be a good one. Uh, the other thing that we like to do before we talk about the episodes is see what was going on in the world 30 years ago this week. And on April 20th, 1992, uh, you probably know, you at least know of this, but uh, the big Freddie Mercury benefit concert happened um, at Wembley Stadium. Okay, <clears throat> that's and, cool. I, I am not that familiar with it. So uh, Some of the performers included uh, what was left of Queen, uh, Roger Daltrey, Robert Plant, uh, Paul Young, Seal, David Bowie, Annie Lennox, uh, George Michael, Elton John, Axl Rose, Liza Minnelli. I mean, it was a big, big lineup. Yeah, I mean, that's the who's who of 1992 for sure. Yeah. So that was on April 20th. And then the next day, uh, April 21st, in China, the first ever McDonald's opened. The first Chinese McDonald's. Yep. And that's, I mean, that's cool. I wonder what they serve. I'm sure they serve some cool stuff there. I like, I always like going to McDonald's when I'm out of the country. Have you heard about the the McDonald's in Chicago? Oh, the one that has like, yeah, I had every has country, like like you, menu. yeah, 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 yeah. I did. That's cool. I mean, do you remember like a couple of years ago when they had they put like international items on the regular McDonald's menu? Yeah, I don't remember how many I went through. I don't think I was that excited about it. Didn't well, they have like a Stroopwafel McFlurry though? Was that the Yeah, no, it's so good. Uh, we ordered everything at one time and it was most money I've ever spent in a McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was, totally worth it. Was any of it memorable other than the McFlurry? The McFlurry was good. Um, I feel like the... Wasn't like it like the, chicken sandwiches with just like weird stuff on it? It wasn't weird. I think it was just they're a little bit nicer, like a little bit fancier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. The best is McDonald's in Hawaii that I've been to because they have the Hawaiian breakfast. There you go. Uh, what about movies and music? What was number one this week in '92? Yeah. So I I know I said there'd be a new song this week, but I was wrong. There yeah. isn't. It's it's next week. Uh, save the best for last. Vanessa Williams. This is for sure the last week. Um, and kind of a, a new newish movie. So Basic Instinct comes back at at number one. So it's the fifth week in release and it comes back into number one. It was number one three weeks ago and then White Men Can't Jump took two weeks. 
Sleepwalkers took a week, and Basic Instinct's like, nah, I got this. I feel like word got around about that scene. They were like, all right, you got to go see this in the theaters. Maybe. I will say it didn't make a whole lot of money, but it made enough to get in fifth, get back in first place. There, so. were, there were a lot of 15, 16-year-old guys sle- sneaking into that movie. <laughs> You're sneaking into a movie. You're not. They're not making any money off. It. You got to pay. Well, no. You're. They're buying another. Well, I guess that doesn't work either. If you're buying another ticket, it's not going to count towards basic instant yeah. money. It would have been even yeah. higher if uh, people would have actually bought those tickets. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, any birthdays? Um, no birthdays. No birthdays. So yeah. So I don't know if I said this, but the episodes that we're about to talk about aired April twenty fourth, nineteen ninety two, and like Steve said, we are looking at a full week of episodes. Yeah, so let's get right into it. We're starting off with our 8 o'clock slot. It's Family Matters Season 3, Episode 23. The name of the episode is Dudes, and it starts off, we get a little bit of an intro. We've got Eddie, we've got Waldo. They're watching this uh, dating show called Dudes, so it sets it right up for the name of the episode. (laughs) Uh, Laura walks in. um, She calls the show sexist. Steve comes over, and uh, he calls it Smut TV. And then uh, they hear on the actual show that they're going to be taking auditions for Teen Week. It's coming up. Apparently, they record it right in their town. And Eddie and Waldo can't jump off this couch quick enough to run out the door to go audition for the show. Steve, we might have a problem. With what? With this episode. Why? Is it the wrong one? I think I might have... I don't... I'm, I'm looking now. I, I'm wondering if I watched the wrong episode. Well, then you're just going to have to go off of what I say then. I don't know which one. I, I, one of us did, apparently. One of us watched the wrong episode. I'm looking right now to figure out which one of us made a mistake. This, isn't, this is I'm, only the second time this has ever happened in uh, 136 episodes. I bet you it was. I'm always willing to take the blame for everything because I feel like it's always my fault. So I'm sure I was the one that was wrong. Let me look real quick. I'm, I can't believe. If it's your oh, first man. time listening to the show, we apologize. Uh, this doesn't happen. Like this we are normally pretty good. Don't uh, happen often, but they have happened once before. And I was to blame for the other one. I watched the wrong one. I Based on the one that I watched, I'm fairly, fairly confident that it's probably a season finale, which would have been which made sense. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold that on. That just means you've already done some of your homework for next week, if that's the case. I got some bad news for you, Steve. I watched the wrong one? You watched the wrong one. How was that possible? I don't know how that's possible. But you watched, did you watch it on Apple? Did you watch it? How, where'd you watch it? Uh, HBO. Huh? Then I don't know. So, so, I, so I have to do the episode then, and you got to go based on what I say. Oh, man. Uh, so going to be interesting. Are we sure? We're 100% sure about this. I am 100% sure. Yes. Yeah. All right. Hold yeah. On. Hold dudes, on. dudes came on. Dudes was on uh, May 1st, 1992. The correct episode would have been Robo Nerd Two. Uh, yeah, Robo Nerd Two comes on after in, uh, on HBO Max. It's uh, it's after. Oh man! Well, HBO Max, we got to keep an eye on them because they they're they're doing us dirty. And we're going based on what on Apple's lineup or like uh, IMDb no, or like yeah, Wikipedia, IMDb, like when it when it actually aired back thirty years ago. Well, now I kind of want to watch the Robo Nerd. I'll go back and watch it, but let's talk about it. Okay, so Robo Nerd, Robo Nerd Two, uh, aired April twenty fourth, nineteen ninety two. Uh, so this starts out in a den. Eddie and Waldo are getting ready to go to a concert. Uh, that's some like like festival. Nine rap groups. They're excited to go, uh, and and Waldo is like real excited to meet some ladies at the at the concert. So they're trying to figure out how this is going to work. Where's and the concert? Waldo, Chicago. I'm going to be asking yeah, all see- kinds of questions. I assume it's Chicago. They don't say, or if they do, I didn't think it was important. Um, but Waldo's plan is to take a bullhorn to the concert so that he can 
so that he can talk to ladies because they're going to be sitting right next to the speakers and he figures that is the best way to talk to them. Yeah, it makes sense. That's it. It's the most inconsequential, non-funny, stupid intro that I've seen on Full House or Family Matters in my memory. Uh, but that's literally all that happens in the intro. Uh, and then we don't get any more Waldo for the rest of the episode. Wait, they don't go to the concert later? Never comes back up again. Huh. Never even talk about it. <laughs> So I don't know. It was I don't know. It was it was not important at all. Um, and then we got to we go to the intro of uh, the credits, and then uh, Lieutenant and Carl they come into the den. Lieutenant is mad because he was passed over for a promotion. He was supposed to get knocked oh, up to whatever's no. next. Didn't happen. That's bad news for uh, Carl too because that's what he was hoping was Lieutenant would get his promotion, and then Carl would take Carl, his position. Yeah. And secondary, it also means that Lieutenant's probably gonna do something stupid to try to get that promotion that Carl's gonna get roped into. Oh, man. All right. So right behind them comes Urkel. Urkel is coming in full lab gear. He's got the white coat, the goggles, the whole thing. And he is letting everyone know that he is there or he is trying to fix Urkelbot. Now, I don't know if you remember. Of course. Urkelbot kind of went haywire at the end of the last episode that he was in. And so Urkel has taken him apart, found out that some of his, his computer chips have been were fried, weren't working correctly. And so he is trying to fix them. And not only is he trying to fix them, but now he's trying to make him into Urkel cop. So Urkel Bot is going to become Urkel Cop. This already um, sounds like a problem with uh, Lieutenant Murtaugh trying to get this uh, promotion now. Well, Lieutenant Murtaugh does not see it that way. Okay. Lieutenant Murtaugh sees this as an opportunity to enlist Urkel Bot into helping him, you know, solve some crimes so that he can get the promotion. He sees this as a as a benefit, a tool that he can use. Um, separately, in the kitchen, all the ladies are in there. They're cooking dinner, all of them except for Laura. She comes in. And she has found a surefire way to make some extra money. And she wants to sell cosmetics for Larnice. The Larnice is the, is the brand, Larnice Cosmetics. All she needs is $400 to get started. $400 to order the makeup, get it there. And then once she sells it for triple the value, she's going to be rolling in money. So she's pyramid scheming, right? She found a pyramid scheme, yes. Okay. Um, and Rachel and Harriet are hesitant. It's really more of like, we don't really have $400 to give because the whole thing is she wants, she's hoping that the family will help her invest in, in the 400, much like the family helped Rachel invest in Rachel's place. Um, so she's hoping that they'll, they'll give her the 400 bucks. Rachel and Harriet, they're hesitant. Like I said, not because of it, that it's a pyramid scheme, but more so it's like, well, we just don't have the money to give you. And then Estelle out of nowhere is like, no, this is good. We should invest in her future. Let's all do this. Normally Estelle is the one who has a good head on her shoulders. No one can no one sees this coming from a mile away. Maybe they just, maybe his pyramid schemes weren't as obvious in 1992 as they are now. Yeah, I believe I that. Know. Does uh does Laura have some samples of this product to show everyone? She has nothing. nothing. She has nothing except the the, the you know, as telling she has, them that it, that it exists. That's it. That it exists, right. And so they're like, "Fine, we'll do it." And then of course Estelle's like, "Well, I don't have any money right now, so you two are going to have to cover the full 400." They write her a check. And so she's on her way to being a cosmetic. I mean, that's where you make your money. That's where all the billionaires are, right? That's the Kardashians and Rihanna yeah. making billions off of makeup. Just not Larnice. Uh, all right. So then we go back to the den. Urkel is there. He has got a, you know, Urkel bot is obviously covered by a big white sheet. Carl and Lieutenant are there to see this robot get unveil unveiled. And Urkel bot is now Urkel cop. Urkel takes a, a metal badge, a cop badge, and puts it on his chest, and that turns him on, and oh. he is ready to go. This is post-RoboCop, right? Uh, yeah, I think RoboCop was late 80s. 80s, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can get you, we can get a date real quick on that. 87. Does he have um, a gun? No, okay. no. 
He does not. Um, so Carl's hesitant about this whole thing to begin with. He's like, I don't know. This is just a robot. We have, you know, all this training. We have the ability to make decisions and, and this isn't a good idea. So Lieutenant starts to quiz um, Robo Urkel Cop. Um, and he says, so what would you do if uh, you are, you know, if you're at a, at a robbery and you you need you know you need assistance and and the robocop's like i would call back to to headquarters i'd request backup and i'd wait for them to arrive before i before i went in and lieutenant's like that's perfect that's yeah. exactly what you're supposed to do carl is still hesitant but lieutenant says we are going to you're going to be robocop or urkel cop you're going to be assigned to solve the mini store robberies the mini store being like just you know convenience store uh and by the way carl you are his partner so get at it um all right let's see okay so then next scene a little bit later were you getting any terminator 2 vibes um no like it's weird like the whole time you kind of are expecting to get this like terminator 2 like just like there's something wrong with the system you know like okay so i mean so far everything's cool which i mean obviously you think is going to lead to something bad happening sure yeah that's what i'm thinking we'll see but as of right now urkel cop is great working perfect doing exactly what he's supposed to do um all right so then we go later all the women are coming back home they went to a baby shower not really important but what is important is that laura's makeup from larnice has arrived and they are ready to go so they open the box they start pulling everything out of the box oh man i had a really good joke too that you're not going to get that that's frustrating okay uh they pull it all out of the box they take a look at it and they're like well we got to try this stuff out Uh and it's all like conditioner shampoo there's not it's all hair stuff it's all hair stuff so they're like we're gonna try it all so they literally take all the 400 dollars worth of product that they just bought that they intended to sell and uh they go you see them like go to different bathrooms and whatnot to to test it out um and then i guess a short time later they all come back out and Laura starts screaming and we see that laura is bald and then one by one they start coming into the den Bald. This feels All a lot like a Save by the Bell episode. I was gonna say it sounds a lot like GI Jane two, but um, that was the joke I had been saving. And then for you're you. like, wait a minute, I shouldn't <laughs> make GI Jane jokes. Anyways, that's my joke. You know the Save uh, by the Bell episode I'm talking about, though, right? Like the one where the, um, they something yeah, like the one with the skin cream, the right? Pimp, where yeah, yeah. And then everyone's face it turns, turns them all red. red yeah, it turns them all red. Yeah. Um, so anyways, they all come out screaming. Uh, Rachel has a good a good scene. She comes out. She still has a full head of hair, but as she's starting to take her towel off of her head, her entire hair comes off. And they've all got these like fake, obviously fake bald caps on. Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, all right. Save by the Bell episode was 1989, by the way. Was a that's a good episode. That's a classic episode. Um, you should have gotten your Zach and Kelly tattoo with. With the maroon with red faces, faces? Nah. yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, commercial. Carl comes downstairs. Um, I don't know what that has to do with it. Uh, he come. We go back. The, the women are still in the den. So Carl comes back downstairs. He sees that they're all bald. Starts making fun of them. Um, they find out that Laura found the ad for Larnice Cosmetics in the back of a magazine, Funky Rap magazine. Laura's like, look, I'm going to call him. I'm going to tell him what's going on and I'm going to get my money back. We're going to we're going to get this resolved. She calls. Nobody answers. The phone is out of order. Um, and Carl is like, you all got ripped off. This was a scam and they they took you for your money. So nothing they can do about it. I They're, bet they had I bet they had a tent at that uh, festival, though, that Waldo and Eddie went to. 
The rap festival? Yeah. I mean, that's where she you found, think that's where they that's got where the she magazine? found the ad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, all right. So that's really it. That kind of wraps that part up. And then we go to we go to the mini mart. They're at a mini mart. Urkel Cop is they basically kind of like set up this this drink display with Urkel Cop in the middle. You can't so you can't tell. He looks like he's like a fake robot. Okay. Um hiding in display. Carl oh my god, you, you missed this too. This is awful. I'm gonna watch. So anyways, it. Carl is working at the counter. Uh he is pretending to be the salesperson. Um, and he is doing the most it's it's an awful Indian accent. It oh, is God. like it's a good like not a not an appropriate thing to do at any time, let alone. I mean, nowadays it would ne- would never happen, but it is it's bad. It's bad. It's like real bad. Uh, and he does it multiple times. Like it's not just a, him trying to make a joke. It's like him trying to do this accent. It's bad. Um, so, anyways, they're asking. Carl's still, you know, obviously still hesitant about Urkel Bot. He's like, "Why are we here? Like, how do you even know that this is the right store?" And Urkel Bot is like, "Look, I did all the statistics. This is this is it. This is the next store that this robber is going to hit." You see a guy walk in, and of course, the guy starts to rob the store. Um, so, as Carl is kind of like distracting him behind the counter, you start to see Urkel Bot make these small moves. It's one of those bits where he moves a foot. The guy turns around, he stops, you know, like mm-hmm. a stoplight sure. situation. Um, Urkelbot gets to the guy, picks him up, and throws him across the store. Uh, at which point, Carl arrests him, and everybody, you know, everything is resolved perfectly fine. Urkelbot did exactly what it was supposed to do. Now, you say throw him across the store. Did he throw him into a display by any chance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He threw him, like, across the store into a display, so that he landed softly. That sounds good. Um, it is. It's pretty good. Uh, we, we go back to the house. Carl is there. He's telling all the women what happened during the uh, the robbery. They're all bald, all the women, right? Well, at this point, they've all got awful wigs. They, okay. I mean, they're they're obviously intended to be really bad looking. Wigs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this point, Urkel says, "Hey, look, everything went well, but Urkel bot didn't like being a cop. He's given that up, so he's decided to to be a dancer." Um, and, which is kind of funny because uh, the guy who plays Urkelbot, who's in the costume, is a professional break dancer. Um, so that's kind of the whole the whole gimmick here. And Urkel says that so that he can have a partner to dance with, he has made a Laurabot. Oh. Um, so they go into the den. Sure enough, there's Urkelbot. There's Laurabot. And they start doing a whole breakdance routine. And then, you know, the family joins in. And this is yet another episode. I'm, this might be three in a row, two, at least two in a row, if not three in a row where the show ends with the entire family, including Urkelbot and Lorabot, just dancing to the credits. That's it. So can they move pretty good in those costumes? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's good. I mean, there's there, it's a little, you know, obviously it's a little bulky, but they do perfectly fine. They do a great job. So no problems with Urkelbot the whole episode? Not a single problem. Not a, not even close to a problem. Just, just Carl being worried about it and nothing ever happens. He, he does exactly what he's supposed to do. I have a feeling this is not the last we see of Urkelbot. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. We will find out. At some point. All right. Is that it for Family Matters? That's it for Family Matters. Hopefully you watch the right step. There's only one option here for Step by Step because this is the last, this is the season finale. Is it Beauty Contest? It is Beauty Contest. Step by Step, season one, episode 22. Is really the finale? This is the season finale of season one. Oh, yes, man. Is. All right. So we start off. We've got Al. We've got Mark. We've got the pig and they're in the living room and, um, Al's trying to train the pig, and uh, Al gets mad because Mark calls the pig stupid, and then she kind of just threatens him and chases him upstairs. 
that's pretty that's much all intro. works. So theme song, we come back. We've got Frank getting home to uh, most of the family in the kitchen. Uh, we find out that he has been elected first deputy Grand Mallard at the uh, the Mallard Lodge. So, yeah, which um, is like a, a club that he's a member of. It's like that's like second in command, right? He's only behind one person, yes, I think. That's correct. That's All right. correct. So, um, we also find out that he one of the things that he gets to do as this new position is he gets to MC the mother daughter beauty pageant, and uh, Karen is instantly excited about this because she's always wanted to enter this contest. Yeah, as soon as she hears pageant, she's she's game. She's ready to go. Yeah, she thinks this is exactly the uh, thing that she needs to um, jumpstart her modeling career. And she's heard so much about the Mallard mother-daughter beauty pageant that she has to enter it. Yeah. And Carol, I mean, Carol's in the kitchen. Obviously, it's a mother-daughter beauty pageant. So she realizes she's going to get roped into this. And she's not interested. But Karen does make the point that it is a beauty talent and speech. So it's not just beauty. And that she she really would appreciate it if Carol Carol helped her out here. Yeah, like Travis said, she's hesitant, but she uh, does eventually agree to uh, to do the pageant. And then after that, Cody comes in. Oh, wait, wait, I do want to mention here, we do find out that that uh, Carol was the first runner-up in the Miss Small Curd Cottage Cheese Contest in 1974. Yeah, and she tells Frank the reason why uh, she didn't win was the winner had bigger curds. Curds. Yeah. Um, All right, so Cody comes in, and uh, Frank tells him that he should apply to be a Lodge member. He's old enough now. They've got uh, room for him to come in, so Mm -hmm. he wants him to apply, and Cody, uh, I mean, he seems interested. Yeah, he tells him, you know, you're going to need a good initiation project, and there's an oral exam. Um, But yeah, shouldn't be a problem. All right, so then we go a little later. Uh, Frank is now helping Cody study for this uh, exam that he has to take to become a member. And uh, he also asks him about the initiation project and they start talking about some ideas and Cody's got some idea to make like a duck power mural. Is that right? I missed that part. Yeah, like some kind of mural that he's going to do, but uh, Frank doesn't think it's the best idea. So we kind of leave it off at that. Uh, We then go to Karen, who is helping Carol with some uh, modeling tips. They're practicing like walks and poses and stuff like that. And then Ivy and Penny come in because they want to enter the pageant too as a team. Right. Yeah. And because Penny sees this as a perfect opportunity to get herself in front of a room full of single men and hopefully find herself a man finally again. I don't know. Yeah. And then Carol and uh, Karen go back to practicing a little more and then they practice what they're going to, or at least talk about what they're going to do for the talent competition. Um, Car- or Carol thinks they should do a tap routine because uh, Carol knows tap. Karen used to take tap. Karen's a little worried she's not uh, as good as she used to be. But um, she and I guess she shows off what she knows, and she's really not that good. Well, yeah, I mean they try to do it, and obviously, and she's awful. And this was one that um, this was an episode that Angela Watson talked about in the interview was because she had a a tap background and was you know really good at tap. Um, and this was a, an episode that she mentioned, I think, a couple times during our interview. Uh, so from this scene, we go to the Mallard Lodge. Um, they, I, I guess, Karen and Carol are there because now it's time to register to enter into the beauty pageant. Right. And they're there registering. They uh, meet one of the judges who um, flirts a little bit with the first. Yeah, flirts with Carol yeah. at first, right? Right, right. This this judge, Howard, he flirts with Carol pretty heavy. Uh, Howard, uh, Howard, by the way, 
Jim Jansen was in a couple episodes we watched of just the 10 of us. He was in Heartbreaker and Rat Boy. So just mention that. Rat Boy lives. So uh, but yeah, he's real aggressive to the point where Carol uh, takes a pitcher of ice water and dumps it on him. Yeah, he tells her that like uh, he's already going to vote for her. All he all he has she has to do is like go out with him or something like that. And uh, that's when she pours the ice water down his pants. Uh, and then Carol walks out and says she's quitting. She's not doing this competition. Yep, exactly. So we get back to the house. Uh, we see Karen and Carol come into the kitchen. Um, they're still talking about the pageant and things that happened. And Carol tells Frank about Howard. And of course, uh, Frank wants to kill Howard now at this point. <laughs> yeah. So um, Karen convinces her mom to stay in the pageant, but uh, she do, they do agree that if Howard tries anything, she's sending Frank out on him. Absolutely. And she should. Uh, back to uh, Cody. He's showing Frank his uh, project, what he's done. He has decided he has now made a oversized replica mallard duck made completely out of cheese. I wouldn't say oversized. I would say appropriately sized. I would say a scale duck made of cheese. That's it's way bigger than a regular duck. Ducks are big. This is like this is like monster swan size. I feel like it's cool though. It's cool. Um, Al and Brandon are super excited about it. Um, they think it's a winner. I don't know if Frank's that excited about it, but um, they he's a little hesitant. Yeah, um, but it's done. That's that's the project, and they decide to go celebrate with some ice cream out in uh, Cody's van. So everyone goes out there. They're all going to get some ice cream, and as they go out to the van, uh, Al's pig comes in from downstairs and starts to uh, eat the cheese duck. That that pig might have. What's a Al doing? Yeah. So we then go back to the uh, Mallard Lodge where Cody is giving his presentation. He looks like he's doing everything great so far, all of his like exams and everything. And now it is time for him to uh, unveil his initiation project, this uh, cheese duck, which somehow they didn't notice transferring it from <laughs> the house all the way to the Mallard Lodge no longer has a head because the pig ate it off. And Frank does his best yeah. to try to cover here. He does a good job. He tells him that, uh, what does he say? Like um, It's like, it's it's symbolic of the fact that you are always learning and trying to grow and that, you know, you don't have your head on until you've really become a true mallard or something, something like that. Yeah, and somehow the head mallard guy that's uh, making this decision buys it and they agree that- uh, No, 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 no. No? He does, not, he does not buy it. He's not even thinking about that. All he can think about is, wait a second, this is a great idea. We should always be bringing food to the meetings. Oh, okay. Cody, you're a genius. He's just glad that meetings now have food. Right. That's all he cares about. All right. So Cody's a member. That's it. Um, we then go right to the pageant. Uh, we see Ivy and Penny doing their like uh, baton twirling hoop Rings, spinning. Hoop yeah. yeah. That's their talent. It's bad. It's not good. Uh, Cody's really the only one that cheers in the entire crowd after they're done. And then they announce the final entrance. Uh, Carol and Karen, and they do their uh, tap dance routine, and they drag this thing out. This is like three minutes of them tap dancing on stage. Well, it's intended to be a showcase, I think. Yeah, I mean, Karen obviously knows, or Angela, the actress, knows how to tap, and looks like Susan knows how as well. So uh, yeah. they show off their skills and their skimpy little outfits. Yeah. Uh, everyone loves it. The crowd goes crazy. Everyone the one note I did make is that they, they for as good of, as a routine that it was, those two cannot harmonize together whatsoever. You think so? I mean, it was yeah. all pre-recorded. It's not like they were singing that live or anything. They sounded fine. Like individually, they did. It was awesome. They did great. But when the two of them were singing together, it was. I'm going to blame the mixing editing team. 
I bet okay. you they recorded it separately. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, anyways, uh, they announced, uh, I, I guess Frank comes up and he announced the finalists. There's two teams that are now in the finals. It's Doris and Arlene, who they showed earlier in the episode as like yeah. possible competitors. And then Carol and Karen. These are your two final teams. And to decide the winner, both of the daughters, uh, and it's funny because they said the teenagers will now do this, but like Penny was in the competition, obviously not a teenager, but uh, the the teenagers will now give speeches for the final part about uh, why they think they would make a good winner or something like that. And right. um, as they are getting ready to do this, uh, Bob, who is the judge that hit on Karen earlier, uh, decides to hit on Karen a little more and says, no, 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 no. no. This is different. So, is this the first time Bob hit on? This is the first time Bob. Yeah. Okay. So, so Howard hit on Carol. They showed him earlier, like walking by Karen, and said something though. They did, but I don't think it was anything that was too okay, too offensive. This is him. Yeah, she goes to get some water in the back of the room, which is right next to the judges' table, and he starts to hit on her. Yeah, he literally says like, uh, "You can have my vote uh, if you go out with me, or you're just gonna lose." Right. Exactly. So Karen goes up, starts giving her speech. She looks over at the judges and uh, goes for it. She just starts calling up the judges for calling them sleazebags and how um, she'd love to win the competition, but not without her dignity. And she says she's going to withdraw from the competition right there during the finals, during her final speech. Yeah, and she calls about like by name and says, Howard hit on my mom. Bob hit on me. Like she's calling him out by name. Yeah, and then, uh, like, they're trying to quit. They're trying to give up, but uh, Cody steps up, and he says, all right, guys, because he's now a mallard. He's like, since these judges suck, let's uh, let's take this to an audience uh, pick to see who's going to be the winner. And uh, Frank, of course, I mean, he's running the whole thing. He's like, yeah, let's do that. And the audience cheers for their favorite. Karen and Carol end up winning. Um, Frank, they crushed, they crushed Arlene and whatever her mom's name is. Doris. Yeah. Like if you can imagine one of those little sound meters, there wasn't one, but like Karen and Carol's like, would be bouncing off the end and the other one and would be like 50% or less. Not even 50%. They got, they had like maybe 10%. I kind of want to see what they did for their talent. It must not have been very good. No, must not. Well, but also Carol and Karen were really good. Yeah. Um, so they uh, they win. Frank and Cody drag Howard and Bob out uh, of the room to go beat them up. And then everyone celebrates Carol and Karen's victory through the credits. And that's the end of the episode. That is also the end of season one of Step by Step. Oh, and Steve, I got some news for you. That is the last we will see of Penny and Ivy. Oh, they're done. Officially done. Huh. All right. Never to be never to be spoke of again. I thought you were going to tell me we just found out step by step gets moved to Tuesdays. No, no, we get most of step by step on this uh, All right. on this podcast. Good. All right, uh, I watched Dinosaurs next. Was that correct? <laughs> you did, and you pinged me. You you, you asked me if I, uh, what the episode was. So hopefully you watched the one you asked me about. Leader of the <laughs> Pack, season two, episode yes. twenty three. After the theme, we get uh, Baby watching uh, a TV show, which seems like a commercial for Captain Action Figure. It's just showing like uh, well, how bad like selling things on TV to kids is becoming. Yeah, it's like every com- it's every TV show we watched, you know, when we were kids that were not really. I mean, they were TV shows and cartoons, but the entire point of the cartoon was to sell action. But friend, friend literally Ninja thinks Turtles. that sh- that Baby is watching a commercial. Like, doesn't oh, even yeah, realize yeah. it's a TV show. And then he, but he, then he says it's a whole show, and that's when she's like, "No, we got this has got to stop." 
And then like um, on the screen, it literally says, tell mommy I want that. Like, and baby, of sure. course, is like, I want that. I want that. And it's a, uh, it still happens today on YouTube. Tell your parents to subscribe. Tell your parents to do this. Yeah. And friends like, all right, stop watching that TV here. Have some cereal instead. And it's Captain Action Figure <laughs> cereal. So um, while that's going on, uh, Robbie comes home and he looks like he has been in a battle. His face is bruised. He's got blood coming out of his nose and his horns are like all messed up and crooked. Yeah, he says that uh, he heard himself studying and uh, Fran, of course, though, questions if it was that wild pack that was outside. Then Charlene comes home and, of course, reveals to her mom. Yeah, it was that wild pack. And they mopped the street with him, literally picked him up, dipped him in the swamp, and started mopping the sweet <laughs> the street with Robbie. So Fran's freaking out. She wants to call all the mothers of this wild pack, but Earl thinks that she shouldn't. Uh, he needs to fight his own fights. Uh, they definitely have different views on how to handle this. And then Spike comes over, Robbie's giant friend, and uh, says he's there to check on Robbie. He's also there to eat some free food. But uh, Earl tries to kick him out, and then uh, Robbie leaves with Spike. Yeah, I feel like they made Spike even bigger for this episode. He's a big dude. He's huge in this episode. Um, So then uh, Robbie and Spike are walking around. They're talking about, uh, well, Robbie wants to join Spike's pack, the Scavengers. This is like his gang. And uh, Spike's not too sure. Like, he doesn't know if he's a a good fit for the Scavengers. But... um, they eventually come to some sort of agreement that Spike will let him come in as long as he uh, can have dinner at his house every night and just go over there. Right. Yeah. So I, I feel I, I start to feel real bad for Spike throughout this episode. All yeah. he wants is a, all he wants is a good meal. All he wants is some consistent, it's just a consistent supply of food, uh, which makes me really you know feel sorry for his home life. Um. So from here we go right to the scavengers headquarters. It's like a biker bar. I think is it called right. like the swamp or something like that? Uh there is a name. I didn't write it down. Swamp something. And uh yeah, they're at this headquarters. Spike uh, introduces Robbie to the door guy. Door and- guy's name, by the way, Lingo. Uh Lingo is played by Sean Baker. Um Sean Baker was cousin Clarence on the Family Matters episode we watched a couple weeks ago. Oh. Um so they also tell the door guy that uh, Robbie's there to see Andre. I guess Andre is like the leader of the scavengers. Andre is the leader, yes. Um, they go inside. Um, they kind of show more of this like setting. It's really got that biker bar feel to it. And uh, they go over to Andre, who uh, also has a uh, pterodactyl that sits above him and is kind of like his like messenger slash translator guy. Pterodactyl is Tim Curry. Oh, is it? Andre is is Sam McMurray, who was on also on the last episode we watched. I can't remember who he was, but Sam McMurray again is one of those like actors who has been in everything. You've seen him a million times, and you would recognize him instantly. But you know, not the name. Are any of the other uh, scavengers of importance? Nope, that's it. Just okay. Lingo, Andre, and the pterodactyl, who's Tim Curry. So. Andre starts questioning Robbie at this point, uh, trying to figure out like why he thinks he should be in the scavengers. And uh, he's making fun of him at this point and says that he can just be target practice. They can just beat him up. And then uh, it seems like he's kind of in the scavengers, but just like as like a, a punching bag, pretty much. Well, yeah, yeah. They let him in and tell him that they're just going to beat him up constantly. So Spike congratulates him on being part of it. And, uh, 
he uh, tries to help the case also by buying an entire round of beer for the bar uh, for all the scavengers on Robbie, of course. Yes, on Robbie. To help out his chances a little bit of not getting beat up so much. So um, everyone starts getting drunk, everyone in the scavengers, and uh, they end up drinking all of the beer from the entire bar. And then uh, Andre, uh, noticing that they have no drinks left, threatens to eat Robbie. He does. He starts chasing him around the uh, the bar. Yeah, and eventually outside, right? Or is that right, a, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, he chases him outside. So then we skip ahead a little bit. Um, all the scavengers are uh, waking up from their hangover, sleep, post-drunkness. Blackouts, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they're looking for Andre and Robbie. They've disappeared. They don't know where they are. They um, open up the door and... Robbie is there, and he has uh, parts of Andre's clothing, like, in his mouth, like his jacket or something. And uh, it looks like, from what they think and what they gather, is Robbie has eaten Andre. And in the hierarchy, the food chain of the swamp, that makes Robbie the new leader of the scavengers. Yeah, so they give him, like, this uh, cool jacket, and now... Sweet jacket. Robbie is the leader of the scavengers. So we go back to the uh, Sinclair house. Um, It's breakfast time. They're talking about Robbie. And then Robbie comes in. He's wearing his scavengers jacket. And they they can't believe that he's a scavenger now. Like, uh, they're a little worried about it, uh, all the danger that it's involved. And Robbie says, uh, you know what? As the leader of the scavengers, maybe I can clean up their act. Maybe I can change what the scavengers do and uh, make it so it's not as dangerous. Yeah, that's noble. Also a good excuse to just do what you want to do while your parents aren't looking. Yeah, so we go back to the scavengers hangout. Uh, Scavengers are all being crazy. Robbie tries to uh, settle them down, and uh, he starts hosting, like, a meeting. They go into, like, a pretty normal meeting, and um, all of the uh, gang members, um, all they want to do is just beat stuff up, like, no matter what it is. They They have no interest in going straight. Yeah, they don't want to do good things. So Robbie suggests, well, why don't we join forces with uh, some of the other gangs instead of beating them up? And they're like, oh, so we can do. And then he starts listing all these other crimes. (laughs) And then while that's going on, there's a drive by. Uh, uh, That's what they call it, don't they? Like one of the do they call it a drive by? I don't know. One of the other gangs, um, the predators throw the predators throw something through the window. It's like a little creature. creature. Yeah. And the creature has like a note on it. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Essentially, it's supposed to be like a brick with a note tied to it, but it's a creature with a note tied to it. Yeah, and the note says um, that, what, they're just going to kill Robbie or something? Yeah, he's the new leader. They're going to kill him. Yep, so um, Robbie tells Spike that he wants out of the gang, but Spike, of course, tells Robbie the only way out of the gang is death. Right. So then we... um, are we skip ahead to what at first appears to possibly be Robbie's funeral? Robbie might be dead, but um, because there's a casket, there's Robbie in a suit, there's the whole family surrounding it. But then it spikes then, there, yeah. But then it's like, oh no, he's. Just, I thought like he's just testing out coffins for the future, like when he dies. But then they actually go to like, no, he is there to fake his death. So when the gang shows up, they'll think he's dead and he can get out of the scab. Yeah, at first I thought this was going to be like faking it so that the Predators thought he was dead and he could still be in the gang. But then yeah, I realized what you said, that it's so when the scavengers show up, 
he'll be dead and he'll just not be in the gang anymore, which seems very short-sighted. Yeah, the gang seems to buy it when they get there. They're there for the funeral. Yeah. They see yeah, him yeah. possibly dead. Uh, and then we find out the next tradition for dead gang members is they eat him. So <laughs> Didn't think that one through. Everyone's getting ready to go eat dead Robbie, and then Spike tries to uh, stop them. But as this is going on, Andre shows up. He's not dead. He was just drunk. And this chain of events was pretty entertaining. Did you write it all down? Because I did. Yeah, I was I was going to say he wasn't just drunk. He got drunk, hit his head uh, at, and fell into the river, floated down the river uh, and ha- had amnesia. He met some beavers who like took him in and he helped them build some dams, hung out with them for a while. And then as he began to remember who he was, he ate all the beavers and has now returned to claim his his rightful uh, leadership space. It was a great scene. I like that a it lot. It was. It was. Um, Robbie pops out of the coffin and says, hey, guys, I'm not dead either. And he tries to um, say, everything's back to normal now. And then Andre's like, uh, well, now I've got to eat Robbie to get my leadership back because that's the only way to do it. That's so the only way. Then uh, all like the gang and the Sinclairs all start fighting. Or I guess we don't see all the Sinclairs. We don't we see find yeah, out about we that only, later. Yeah, exactly. So we go back home. Uh, Robbie and the whole family are beat up. They kind of show him one by one. Like they show Robbie. He's got like, he looks just like he did in the beginning of the episode. Then they show. It's it's worse. Everyone's bandaged. He's bandaged. Everyone's got like bandages and slings. Yeah, they show Earl all beat up. And then they show, uh, surprisingly, Fran and um, whatever, Charlene uh, all beat up as well. And uh, Baby even says, I spit up on him. That was his his (laughs) contribution to this battle. Uh, Spike comes over. Uh, he compliments the Sinclairs on their battle skills. And we find out that Spike actually turned on his own pack. He turned on the scavengers, helped out the Sinclairs to, uh, beat him up. And Robbie's like, well, why did you do it? And, uh, he's kind of like, I don't know. Like it's, and then he's like, what's for dinner? But it's like, it's this whole, he definitely has this like special friendship with Robbie that he doesn't have with anyone else. Yeah, exactly. So that's it. That's the end of Dinosaurs. Uh, that's it. Well, we've got what? One more this season or? One more episode this season. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so next week's a big finale week, right? No. No. Okay. Dinosaurs. We just watched. <laughs> <laughs> Baby talk. Baby talk. Uh, season two. Episode 22. Wedding Bell Blahs. Uh, right 22. One? Yep. Wedding Bell Blahs. Good job. Um, so the intro, we've got, uh, Mickey and that kid from down the hall that I couldn't remember his name. Max. Mickey, Max. Uh, Max is dressed up like a wedding caterer. Mickey is in a tux and, uh, he's like talking about hiring Max to be the caterer for the wedding. And then Max drops all the food. Mickey's like, I hope you can clean that up. Theme song. We come back to, uh, James playing with Mickey. Tony's there and Tony's looking at all the wedding presents that they've gotten. Yeah. They are coming in quick. They've got a full table of them. They're wasting zero time. Yeah. And Tony's asking James how the wedding planning is going. And James is complaining because Maggie's being indecisive and, uh, they're having a little hard time getting all this planning done. Yeah. Yeah. Basically she can't, she can't decide on anything. I guess that's, being indecisive. Uh, James says the other reason why uh, he has Tony over the house right now or the apartment is because he wanted to ask Tony to be in the wedding, to be an usher for their wedding. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. 
Um, so then we go to uh, Maggie and her mom. They're uh, getting back to the apartment building. They were out looking at dresses, I think. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Doris is giving Maggie a hard time that she should obviously not be wearing. I want to say obvious, obvious to her, be wearing a white dress given that her child will be there with her. Yeah. Uh, Anita comes out in the hall and says that uh, she's got all this food thing planned. I guess she's gonna cater the wedding as like a yeah. gift to Maggie. Yeah. Um, and Maggie is just worried about everything. Like, yeah, yeah. She's worried about Anita because she's never catered a party that big. She's worried about the dress. Like you said, everything. Uh, we also find out that Maggie still hasn't picked her maid of honor. She's narrowed down to Susan and Anita, but she is not ready to make this decision right now. And, And while I appreciate the difficulty in this decision, I feel like she's known Anita for, one year one and season. Susan for her entire, you know, as, as long as they've been working together at the job. Wait, so who are you picking? I mean, I, I would lean towards Susan. Oh, okay. I was leaning towards Anita. Even though she's only known her for a year? They live across the hall from each other. They hang out every single day. Their kids hang out every single day. Okay. I don't know. Um, so anyways, uh, Maggie is uh, trying to practice uh, with Mickey about being the ring bearer. Uh, James is, we find out, writing the music for the procession. James's mom calls James's mom and says that uh, she, oh yeah, so James's mom calls, right. talks to James first, and tells James that she wants James's sister to be the maid of honor. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, I can tell you that kind of thing happened in my family too. Like uh, trying really? to put people in the other side of the wedding party that are like family members. I mean, I could see being like a, a bridesmaid, but not the maid of honor. Yeah, I was a uh, well, <laughs> guess I was a groomsman at my sister's wedding, but it was like it was stupid. Uh, one of the other groomsmen bailed at the last minute, and they're like, "Hey, can you be a groomsman? Because so and so isn't can, not going to show up." I'm like, oh, sure, whatever, I'll be sure. there anyways. Um, yeah, so there's also talk about, like, wanting to invite more guests. Um, I think yeah. at some point they say there's, like, 150, but there's all these other people right. that want to come and stuff. Uh, Maggie, of course, stressing about everything still. Um, she tries to get James to go over, like, the seating chart, and he, like, just tries to avoid it, tries to start, like, making out with her on the couch instead. And then Anita comes over. She's got the menu for the catering. James doesn't like the menu, um, Anita needs to know how many tables there are so she can get the waiters all set up. And then uh, there's a knock at the door, and it's Lily and Max's mom. Right. And she's there because uh, she wants Max to go to the wedding, but he's not on the invitation. So they're like, oh, we're trying to cut uh, cut down the list a little bit. And she's like, well, he's the best friend of the group, of the ring bearer. And, like, uh, I don't know. It's just a mess. It's regular this wedding whole- stuff. This whole ep- part of the episode is very, it's one of those like very frenetic. There's just a lot going on really quick. It bounces really quick from one thing to another. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's still more arguing about guests. Uh, James tries to settle Maggie down a little bit. Um, gets her. She starts like breathing in like a paper bag in the kitchen. And then she passes out for a second, like falls on the yeah, floor. Falls, faints. Um, he picks her back up. Um and then James is like joking, like maybe we should just elope or something since it's all this stress. And she's like, you know what? I love that idea. And she's like, let's pack right now. Let's go to Maryland and get We're going married. to Maryland. I did not know this is a thing. I don't know if it's a thing still, but apparently you don't. I don't know if it's a real thing. But... There's a no wait in Maryland for a marriage license. So back in 1992, people were driving from New York to Maryland to get married quickly. Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> Sure. I'm curious if it's still a thing. I believe that it was a thing in 92. I don't know if it's a thing now still. 
I mean, I have no idea. Uh, let's see. It looks like in Maryland, there's now a 48 hour waiting period for a license, marriage license. Is that still quick? Or do you know what it normally takes? I don't, I mean, I feel like in Virginia, we just walked in, paid him 50 bucks and they gave it to us. But you have to go to like a courthouse or something, right? You got to go to, yeah, you got to go get it from. They were going to. You're right. They got it like directly from whoever they got married by. The I mean, justice of the peace is what they call yeah. it. All right. Oh, uh, hold on. After application, the license, which is not effective until 6 a.m. on the second calendar day, will be issued. So you get the license immediately, but you have to wait two days before it's effective. That's the Maryland thing? Or? That's a, that's in Maryland, according to this random U.S. Oh, US marriage laws website. I wonder what. Let's see. All right. So after this, uh, she's decided that she wants to go elope. They decide to go to Maryland. The next scene is the three of them, Maggie, Mickey, and James, driving in a car to Maryland. It's uh, it's nighttime. It's the middle of the night. Uh, it starts raining at some point. And uh, Maggie is, like, super happy in the car. This is, like, the best thing that they could do until they hit a little bump in the road. And Maggie's worried that they hit some kind of animal and wants James to stop. So she's like, turn around, let's go check it out. And he does. He gets out of the car, and it was just a bag of garbage. Yeah, that's it. In the middle of the rain. Like, he's now soaked, uncomfortable. Uh, they show Maggie's now driving the car. They show him uh, across the Maryland state line. And then they show them arriving at the uh, Justice of the Peace, where they go inside. And uh, they tell them that they saw the sign. It was 50 bucks to get married. And uh, the the uh, couple who runs this place, I guess, live there as well. And uh, they're like in their nightgowns, their robes or whatever. And well, they're uh, ready to go. They're ready for a wedding. But they're ready. They are ready, even though it's the middle of the night. The uh, the woman's I'm very looking... recognizable, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in a ton of stuff. She's I didn't write her name down, but she is one of those people that you were one hundred percent going to recognize. Um, so I'm looking right now on the same website. It looks like in New York, it's only a 24 hour waiting period once you get your license. So you get the license, they give it to you, then you got to wait 24 hours before it's before it's valid. I think something changed in '92 or around. Yeah, probably. After, after I'm looking 92. to see. I'm looking to see what the uh, oh uh, Jersey's 72 hours. So hmm. all right. Uh, anyways. They're there. They're ready to get married. Um, the uh, woman goes with James uh, one direction to go uh, get some dry clothes on. Uh, Maggie talks with the man. I did write down, they do have names that they mention at some point later in the episode. They do. Um, Maggie talks to the uh, man who runs this place, and uh, they go into the chapel room where I didn't... It's Fr- Frank and Evie. Evie. Frank and Evie. I mean, I mean, just so, just to get it out there, Frances Bay is her name. Okay. 100% all of you would recognize. She's in ton of stuff. Um, they go into the like chapel room where they're going to get married. Ma- Maggie thinks it looks great. And uh, there's like, it's worth pointing out that there's like portraits all over the wall of well, like they call famous it couples. The, yeah, they call it the Great Couples of History Chapel. And there was like, there's a joke about like the the two men that are on one of them. Like, yeah, I can't remember if it was like Laurel and Hardy or it, it, it was. Yeah, there was one that was two men, and they say we, you know, we gotta. It's modern. It's modern. Nineteen eighty two. We gotta have modern times. So uh, yeah, they're talking in there. Uh, Maggie or the woman comes back, Evie, and takes Maggie with her to uh, go freshen up a little bit, and then James talks to Mickey and uh, makes a promise to Mickey that he will always be there for him. And then uh, James gives Mickey the rings that he got from a gas station gumball machine, tells him to hold it because he's going to be the ring bearer. And then um, well, I guess he's going to be I, the I made best one, man I made, too. Yeah, 
I made one note here, and I don't know if this was intentional, but it definitely made me think about it. When so James's outfit when he comes back is like a 1970s like leisure suit. I'm like, he looks just like he would look as Chachi when he played Chachi oh, yeah. from Tony's. I, was like, I wonder if that was intentional. Like if that way they were like, we're gonna make you, we're gonna make you up like Chachi. Yeah, yeah I mean it's a good catch. It probably is. Um, yeah. So the women get back and they start the ceremony, but um, yeah. Like right as they're saying their vows or I do's, um, Maggie stops and she uh, because she wants Mickey to give her away. Like uh, she wants to make sure that at least that's done right. So they restart. Um, James says I do. Uh, Maggie hesitates and then she says I can't do this and she walks out. Then she comes <laughs> back for Mickey because she forgot Mickey and then runs out again. So let's this, this is not this happening. was. This is disappointing because it's just so. (laughs) Well, no, but I didn't want it to be cliche, and it went from looking like it was going to be, you know, fun to just another sitcom cliche wedding situation. Yeah. So they show the three of them driving home. Everyone's silent. No one is saying anything at all, Uh, which is weird to me. Why not? Like, why would you not just immediately talk about that if they're? given the situation maggie does speak up at some point and says uh she apologizes to james and she says uh i just realized that i do want a real wedding and uh they laugh (laughs) about it they hug it seems like everything's okay and uh she also decided that she wants the uh first dance (laughs) to be you light up my life by debbie boone which uh james then stops the car and tells her to get out Kicks her out, and that's what, the end. That's the end of the song. joke behind that song. I just don't. I think he just doesn't want that to be yeah. the song. It's more. It's you know, light easy. He's more of a. Well, he thinks he's more of a rock and roll guy, but yeah. Um, there might be a, a deeper joke, but if so, I listened to the whole song. I'm like, maybe some of the lyrics. Like, I don't. I'm not. I, I don't know what the episode. I don't know what the joke is. If there is a deeper joke there. So then they show him getting back home. Uh, James is carrying in a uh, fast asleep uh, Maggie. Mickey uh, runs into his room and starts to pretend right in his diary about the day that he had, and then that's the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, he pulls out like a big sheet of paper that is his diary and starts starts writing it. Uh, end of the episode, the credits are shots of all those portraits again in that chapel room, and then that's it. That's it. What yeah. are we, what that's, are they, how many? They've talked about one more episode. That's it. That's it. So let's refresh. Family Matters, we've got what? One or two for the season? We've got two. We've two, got two more. So yeah. Step by Step is done. Done. Dinosaurs, done. we have one more. One more. And Baby Talk, we have one more. One more. And these happen when? Not next week? Um, okay, so next week, what we're going to be watching is there's just one episode, Family Matters, season three, episode 24. That's it for next week. And then the week after that, you get the last three episodes of, of those season. shows. Okay, so we catch up on Family Matters and then we have finale, a finale week. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, okay, so here's, so I, I, I was kind of looking at Debbie Boone, who, who was okay. who right in my life, right? Yeah. So here's, okay, so if we really want to make a joke out of it, like a bigger joke that this is the best I can do is her cousin is George Clooney. That's funny. So I don't know if that was the intent. Yeah. But her cousin is George Clooney. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty inside, but uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you want to rank the episodes? We haven't done that in a while. Yeah. I mean, you're a little bit out of the, you're a little bit out of the, uh, the running, I think. 
But let's see here. I'll, uh, I'll put Family Matters in there based on what I remember from when I watched it a long time ago. and then what 30 years ago? Me. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to go. Um, you're going to go first or you want me to go first? You go ahead. You go ahead. Because I'm thinking. I'm not really sure. All right. I'm going to go Baby Talk 4. Mm-hmm. Dinosaurs 3. No, I'll go Family Matters 3, Dinosaurs 2, Step by Step 1. Yeah. I'm not, I'm a, I'm different. I'm going to go baby talk for family matters, three step-by-step step two and dinosaurs. Oh, okay. one. And the only, re- the only reason I do, I have dinosaurs one is I liked the whole premise of like them getting drunk, him thinking he, ate, he ate Andre and that whole, I didn't, there wasn't really a whole lot else in it, but I don't know. It's tough because I also like kind of the, the little bits in step-by-step step with the dancing and the family matters with the bald caps and the dancing. It's tough for me, but I, for some reason I just really like that premise of him getting, I, I really liked in uh dinosaurs. My favorite part was probably um, when they were all shown like in their bandages and stuff at the end of the episode. <laughs> sure. I thought that was pretty funny. And then baby sure. saying I spit up on them. That was pretty good too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, good week of shows, uh, short week next week, and then we've got uh, a finale week the week after, and then uh, we'll talk yeah. about maybe uh, some interviews coming up. Yeah, we got the interviews coming up. We got the summer shows coming up. So we'll we'll get around to all that. But again, just so just so you all have it in your brains, Family Matters Season 3, Episode 24, that is The Dude. Is that the name of it, Steve? Dudes? Uh, just Dudes, yeah. Dudes. So if you're watching it on HBO, make sure you're watching the right one. Dudes, Episode 24, Season 3. Uh, thanks once again to uh, Keenan for the theme song. Make sure you are following us on social media at TGIFCast. If you want to send in your own version of the theme song, you can do that, TGIFCast at gmail.com. And like I said in the beginning of the episode, make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube so when these uh, video interviews come out, you're the first one to see them. Just go to YouTube, search Two Guys in a Fridays, hit that subscribe button, and uh, you'll be good to go. And don't forget, Awesome Con. Um Excuse me, I apologize. June, what is it, Steve? June fifth. Oh yeah, 4th? I don't think we had the confirmed uh, date. Yeah, we've got it confirmed now. Do you have it up, or you, you want me to grab uh, it? You know, I do. I do have it up. Uh, let me see here. We will be at AwesomeCon in Washington D.C. Friday, June third, five fifteen p.m. Room two oh six. So come see us, June third, five fifteen two oh six, and that's at the convention center there, the Walter whatever. I can't remember the full name of the convention center, but the convention center in washington dc so yeah we'll be there and and melissa joan hart will also be in the same vicinity for yeah i'm not exactly sure where room 206 is but i'm pretty sure when you go in that main know. entrance you go up the escalators and it's either right there or around the corner like towards the registration it's got to be right around yeah. there and that building is huge so good luck come find us yeah um got that all done yeah i think that's everything for this week Cool. Well, yeah, one episode next week, and then then that's all we got for next week. So if there's nothing else, have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. It's Friday night, and the mood is right. Gonna have some fun, show you how it's done. TGIF. TBA Podcast.